The The Under Channel The Under Channel The Under Channel Welcome to episode 7 of The Under Channel The original bullshit podcast This is Robert Under As always I've got Aaron Hey everybody how's it going? And we're going to start it off with some minor housekeeping. Uh, so uh, Babsy and Brian uh, will no longer be uh, weekly members of the show. Um, ooh, they've kind of just decided it's not it's not their passion the same way it is uh, with Aaron and I. Um, but uh, no hard feelings. No, we're still going to have them in um, as much as possible. Um, I can just understand. It was kind of a logistics issue with how we record and, and what time uh, they're available. So uh, no big deal. But we will be bringing in some uh, some guests over the next few weeks. Um, Aaron and I do hope to bring in a third uh, permanent member of the group just to have somebody to kind of bounce the conversation around, especially when um, either of us are kind of working on some other things uh, while we're doing the recording. Uh, so uh, Aaron, you want to introduce who our first uh, our first special guest. Our first special guest. So I I, uh, I I got out. I was able to get here early today, actually. And uh, on my way, I just sent a text to uh, our special guest that we have here, and I didn't give him any context. He literally pulled up into your street and was like, "Do you need to drive? Do you need to ride home or something?" <laughs> and I'm like, "No, no, no, no. Just just follow me. Like, just park right across the street over there." And he like parked like three times. I'm like, "No, no, no. Just park. Just park." Gets out. I'm like, "All right, let's go." So then I bring him down to the basement, and let alone, here we are now. We have Steve with us. Steve is sitting in the chair right across the street here, right across the table, however you want to say that. Yeah. So we've got Steve with us tonight. Yeah, welcome. Hi, everyone. How are you Are doing? you telling me there's somebody else on the show who can actually name a movie or a band or a song when I try to throw out references? It's going to get oh, deep, my God. man. So... Uh, just a little warning. If you don't like uh, your music loud and angry, this is probably not the week for you. Uh, the bulk of this show is the interview I did with Sean Decker from Middleman Records, uh, which is a screamo label out of Lafayette, Indiana. i uh, really fucking stoked for that. Uh, hope you guys all dig it. But we will start off with um, I went to Warp Tour on Friday. Nice. So, as did I. Oh, yeah. Steve was there as well. So that even, makes it even uh, even heavier now. Uh, I want to start off by complaining about Warp Tour. <laughs> First and foremost, the fact that they do not... I'm 25. I don't need this in my life. <laughs> they do not post their set list. Oh my God, the that's the stupidest of, fucking shit. Because anyone who's listened to this knows, I was truly most excited for Ice Nine Kills. Like, I've really like fallen in love with that band. I was excited to see them. They played at noon. So as I was walking up to the venue, they were playing. Oh, and man. Let alone, like, for a band that's that, like, theatric and, and the way they sound, they should not be playing at fucking high noon. They need a little bit of darkness behind them. Justin you know? was there to see them, too, right? I think I saw you guys going back and forth about Ice Nine Kills. He, did, he didn't go. He went to Warp Tour in Minneapolis. Oh, really? Because him and his brother went to X Games and Warp Tour the same weekend. Dude, I was... Okay, listen. So, I was gone this weekend in northern Illinois, mm. literally, like, five miles from Wisconsin, and Sunday we had nothing to do. Oh. And the one person I met him for the first time ever, um, my wife's cousin Brooke hit her boyfriend Chris, and he's a cool guy, he digs music, and he's like, "Well, why don't we all just go to Warp Tour?" I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah!" <laughs> I'm like, "We can all get in free. We've got like six kids oh, here. Absolutely, adults get in free with a kid. Nice. <laughs> Let's do this. Let's get Aunt Lori crowd surfing." <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Uh, uh, we you got went- shut down real quick. Yeah, I got shut down. <laughs> 
Uh, well, let's start with this. Steve, what was your overall impression of the festival? We'll walk through some of the uh, okay. bands that played, but what was your overall impression of the final touring Warp Tour? I actually liked it. I thought it was really, like, I expected, like, uh, when I heard it was at, what was it, Meadowbrook Amphitheater? Yeah. Um, I've heard bad experiences about it from some people, but uh, I thought it was very well put together, except the fucking time thing, but that's out of their control. That's just Warp Tour being, that's just Warp Tour management being stupid. Yeah, I think they did an all right job with the with the venue because the main amphitheater obviously was where it honestly wasn't even where the bigger bands played because short of Simple Plan who opened the day there. No, I, yeah, no, I thought it was perfectly mixed. Where I, yeah, it was mixed with like um, headliners, but you know you would just kind of assume like you know Bowling for Soup, uh, you know the bands that were bigger or are bigger or more important would be playing the larger stage, but they like the. What was it? The right foot stage. Uh, Simple Plan. Okay. Uh, Falling in Reverse. They're pretty Simple popular, Plan was right? the biggest headliner. Falling in Reverse is big with the teens. Yeah, We right the now. Kings. That's a that was a big band. I don't yeah, know they've they got a are. they've got a big song out there too. But let's go through uh, let's go through uh, what my day looked like. If you can remember yours, Steve, as well, we'll, we'll work through. I'll it. just take your I'll just take your time list and help. Yeah. And so, then I'll get non flashbacks. I will start out with Simple Plan because that was the first show that we saw. Uh, they sounded good. Um, you got to kind of expect though they're going through the motions at this point. Like even their um, delivery on stage, where he's like, "Oh, let's take it old school. It's time to go crowd surfing." It's like you've said that thousands of times. <laughs> There's no way this is like you're just gonna get a wild hair up your ass to jump into a crowd at. Yeah, that band. I don't like Simple Plan at all. They're not very good. No, they're okay. They're like they they were very. They played the classics that you that you expect to play because yeah. I don't know. I don't like any of their music though. So like we we, we we did Simple Plan. I think it was on part two of our uh preview for Warp Tour. And I'm like, uh, no. this band they're wusses. They're wuss bags. They are. They're total wuss. It, oh, trust me, they play the most generic songs, like but like everyone that probably looked like that was at their show, like they grew up with Simple Plan because like you know when you're a teenager you listen to shitty music. Thank God I'm a '90s kid. Well, that's actually one of the perks of Warp Tour is that the sets are so long are so short that you can really only play your hits. So like when I saw Simple Plan, I didn't have to, I only had to hear one new Simple Plan song. They played everything two. else was hit. Oh, was it? It was it was <laughs> new. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> I, I wish I didn't. Yeah. Thanks, Aaron. Uh, no. One of the people I was with was like, "Yeah, they played two new songs." Like they did, yeah, good for them. Yeah, I uh, we followed up Simple Plan with uh, we actually went. We were gonna go see Beartooth. Uh, that band kicks ass. We, like we saw Beartooth. Did you? We ended up staying and watching Twisted. Uh, they were on the stage right to the right of it. It they were fucking good, man. Yeah, they, I they bet you they, they got a following. Show, so I bet you yeah. they put on a good show. Yeah, I uh, when I was like fourteen, uh, when I was like fourteen, working at Kroger. Uh, the one at Riverland that shut down. Yeah. I used to listen that song, Angel with Broken Wings. I used to listen to it all the fucking time. And, uh, you know, it brought back some memories. Fuck, man. It was the only hip-hop on the entire festival. I just felt like if you it. listened to Twisted, you were betraying the insane clown posse. They are on, on the same record label. Well, who cares? I still felt that way. <laughs> uh, no, we li- we uh, watched about half of Bear Tooth Sedless because we left midway through to watch uh, Immediately Affliction, which... Um, they sound very close to how they do on the record, so it's very, it's very rare, I think, nowadays to find a screamo band like a hardcore band to sound just like they do on the record. Yeah, it's a big deal. Well, until he fucks up his vocal cords. 
As I, long as he warms up, it's all that matters. Yeah, I remember because the Amity Affliction was one of the bands that I was like, you know what? I may see them if it's open. I know they had one of the bigger names on the actual set list. So um, I'm really coming to realize that like there's a reason that bands that become super popular are popular. Like there's just a certain like professionalism that they bring. Even if you don't like the band, you can tell that they're a little tighter because they're professional. You know, they're, that's what they've been doing for so long. Uh, but they were playing at the same time as Palais Royale. Uh, which I fucking had to see. There was maybe thirty-five people for, for them Perle- for wow. Palais Royale, um, and they sounded fucking awesome. I was gonna say from what we, the, the what you turned me on to, I thought they had a bigger thing going on than yeah. that. Well, they played at three o'clock. You think time frame. His voice was was lights out. I mean, they played at the same time as Less Than Jake. Mm. They played uh, in between Beartooth and State Champs. Mm. They played uh, right after Census Fail, right before Dayseeker, same time as Amity Affliction. Uh, so they actually they had stuff. They had the, uh, they were up against the, They might actually be up against the most stacked time of the day. Yeah, I'd, I'd really have walked over to Less Than that. Jake. Really? Okay, I like Less Than Jake. What am I supposed to do? Yeah. Go see Palais Royale. I don't know, man. My Converse All-Stars or my Vans wouldn't let me. <laughs> uh, so we had a little break after Palais Royale. We were uh, we were waiting on... Oh, 303 at 530 was our next like plan. That show. was a fucking joke. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. We'll get to that one. God uh, fucking damn it. While I was waiting for that, I uh, wandered past the full sale stage, which was the uh, the local stage, and ended up seeing the band The Kreutzer Sonata, which is a uh, bullet belt style po- uh, punk hardcore band from Chicago. Um, and I... I Follow the guy, uh, Don't Panic uh, Records and Distro on online, and they put out that LP, and I've seen it advertised a whole bunch, um, but I actually had a chance to watch them. They're fucking good. I don't know if you if you like that style, no, uh, punk ne- rock. Never heard of them. Uh, th- it's like Lars Fredrickson from Rancid. Okay. His, okay. his style, punk rock. Nice. Okay. It's just pure, like, traditional 80s hard, bullet belt hardcore. I don't know how else um, to say it. Mohawk not, bullet belt. That's not mostly my jam. That's, yeah. more, of it. that's more of Aaron's. Yeah. yeah. I get down with those guys. What was the name again? The Kreutzer Sonata. The Kreutzer Sonata. He's not, he's not going to remember. Yeah. I'll yeah, send it to him. All right. So after that, we had a little break, and then we went up for 303. Uh, so, uh, Steve, I guess you want to explain what happened during the 303 No, you see, <laughs> no, this is all you. All right. So 303 comes on, and they, they start out. They play about two songs. They sound okay, um, but they're pretty... They're pretty worn down. You can tell those guys have lived like a rock star lifestyle for the past like ten or so years. I don't give a shit. Uh, I mean, they don't hate on that album. That album wasn't bad. What was it? Uh, that first album wasn't too bad. But not so good. They had two different separate medical emergencies. Really? So d- oh for God. a thirty-minute set. Wait, they, is that what happened? Yeah, there were two. One person like passed out on the right side of the stage. They cleared the crowd and they did like ten minutes of stand up. The two guys. Then they came back. They started playing one more song. 45, 50 seconds in, another medical emergency. They had to wait. And they couldn't play because, you know, they have to do it. And what sucked, I mean, sucks, but I guess whatever. Okay, I take back everything I said then because I legitimately thought, like, me and my buddy. bad. I kind of do now because me and my buddy, we (laughs) were ripping them the entire fucking time. Because we're we're by all the merch tables. We were getting merch at the time because we didn't have any people really, really wanted to see. And, um... So we hear 303, and we're like, I'm just hearing fucking stand up. I'm like, aren't you guys supposed to play some music? <laughs> like, I had literally no idea there was like two medical emergencies. Now I kind of feel like an asshole. You're going to go back and you're going to take away those down votes you gave them on Reddit? <laughs> no, I still don't like the band. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, whatever. It, you know, they were cool about it. You know, the crowd was really cool about it. It was nice to see, like, 
No one was complaining. Really, people didn't even walk away. But I guess given a 30-minute set list, it's not like they were standing around that long. Yeah. No. Uh, they, they came back and they said they were going to do a medley of some of their songs. They ended up doing uh, one song and then having to end their set because, unfortunately, yeah, they it's time restraints. So. No, I mean, I mean, it's really cool. Of the like, a lot of audiences will be very cool when it's when it comes down to medical emergencies. Like, they will give the respect and time. They, that's what I kind of know. Like, I know about like uh, crowds like this. Like, if they're like, they will always pick people up when they need. Like, they will never like stomp on other people. Like, you, everyone wants is try and protect each other. Yeah, it's a good crowd. Uh, you went and saw Knuckle Puck after that, right? Yes, nice. what'd, Knuckle what'd Puck was good. Knuckle Puck. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the people I went with, she was a big Knuckle Puck fan. Mm. So um, she was. A, so we went, and um, I actually never listened to Knuckle Puck except for the preview. Mm. So I walked away more of a uh, interested fan. Yeah. Like I was very impressive how you know his stage presence and everything. Yeah. Well, I couldn't see Knuckle Puck because I was actually enjoying the best performance of the entire festival. Without yeah. a doubt, Necrogoblicon Justice put on Goblins. the best show I saw. They played the Mutant White Lightning stage, which is the most bootleg stage there really? was. They had the two monster stages right next to each yeah. other, and they were trading on and off. And while I was waiting for them, there was a band I wanted to mention, Kubla Khan, that was playing that were like political hmm. hardcore. That actually sounded pretty cool. But Necrogoblicon came on. I got to give a little context to this story because... I I must I'm still la- I was laughing today when I was telling this story. I went with my little sister, and at one point we uh, she met up with some of her friends. Um, her friends are they're they're 16, 17, right? So um, they're they're fucking little kids, man. They're they probably <laughs> weigh ninety pounds, if that. Even her her and the guy she was with both probably weigh ninety pounds. We start talking, and they give me this line about. Well, you know, we're not really, we don't really like music. We're mostly just here for the mosh pits. And I was like, well, just so you know, this band coming up right here is melodic death metal. So if you want a mosh pit, this is going to be your shit, right? <laughs> so I'm like, all right, guys, well, they're, they're in our group now with me and my sister. So we walk up to start watching, and Necrogoblicon comes on, and they sound just like the fucking record. That is they so They sound awesome. so good. Melodic death metal that you can understand. I don't know how else to put it. It's so good. No, I when I when I hear the song, like yeah, you can understand what he says. Yeah. Uh, it's just not my jam. Yeah, and then the mosh pit started, and um, to to make you understand, I'm six two. I now weigh two hundred and fifty pounds. I would have been the smallest person in this mosh pit. And they are all it, jumping in there. No, no, no. <laughs> so the mosh pit starts, and we're we're talking six five, three hundred pound, like guys who look like linebackers. Uh, not even moshing as much as they are charging into each other head on as if they're a pair of bull elephants. Are you crazy? As soon as that starts happening, I turn my eyes to her two friends (laughs) and I go, it's a mosh pit! Get in, get in, get in. And they could not get their eyes away from their shoes. They head down the entire time. I was like, I thought you guys were all about mosh (laughs) This is what you came here for. This is the biggest, this is the best mosh pit you're going to see all day. I, I could not stop laughing. I I had to walk away yeah. because I couldn't stop laughing, and I felt bad because they were my sister's friends. Yeah. But anyone who hears this who's still going to Warp Tour throughout the summer, see Necrogoblicon. They fucking killed it. I'm pretty psyched that they were awesome. That's cool. 
uh, last band I saw for the day, we actually didn't stay for uh, the final bands. Uh, I didn't want to get stuck in any fucking traffic there. I, I was stuck for an hour driving in. Mm. Uh, but yeah, same. Um, the last band I saw was fucking Trash Boat. Really? And they played nice. uh, the Auli stage, which is the same stage as uh, Palais Royale. Oh, Auli FM? Yeah. Okay. And they, they sounded awesome. I, I guess I'll say they sounded like what I expected them to sound like. But they didn't sound as good as the album. Mm-hmm. Now they were playing a really small stage, so who knows like the audio quality? But then I also have to say the Palais Royale sounded great. So different styles of music, though, so it maybe translates a little better. Like super loud music like that probably doesn't translate on a smaller PA as as well. Um, I would love to see a Trash Boat tour and like with a band like Animal Flag, okay. you know, just like a straightforward rock band. Um, I think that those two could like destroy a destroy a rock club if uh, if they were together. What'd you see at that point? Uh, so I got there around a, a little bit after noon, and the first band we saw was Fallen Reverse. Mm. I am not a Fallen Reverse fan at all. I think the lead singer is a pretentious douche. <laughs> and... Yeah, we were we were like, yeah, it's whatever. We saw Simple Plan. We were actually in a front, like you said, Simple Plans. It's okay. It's it's yeah. they are what they are. It's I have no problem. Then it started the rain. Uh, yeah. uh, then we saw Beartooth. Uh, saw Minute Affliction. Minute Affliction is really solid. They sound just like they do um, in the record, which is very rare, mm. I think, for a hardcore band. Uh, saw State Champs, which Aaron does not like. That hurts my feelings, but hey, too bad. That's I, fine. It is interesting. <laughs> It is interesting to me that you don't like 303, but you like State Champs because they have that Bob. same vibe. Oh, not not music wise, but I no, mean, like, no, just they like don't. Instagram. 303, 303. Those, those two guys, like, I don't know how to play it. Like, I'm assuming there's two singers in State Champs. No, there's one. one. Who dude. was the other guy they brought up on stage with Simple Plan? Because they brought up two members of State they're Champs. Bassist. Oh, they're bassists. Oh, they're bassists. Oh, it was just them just being just like, gotcha. hey. Like that was cool. Just the way they came out and they jumped on the amps, I was just like, oh, they just like they remind me of douches. I don't know. Oh no, it's oh, okay. It's a hey, it's simple plan. Don't like, give a what, what you what, think, what, Jerry. Yeah, listen here, Jerry. Um, I mean, it's simple plan. What are you fucking expecting? Yeah. Are you yeah. expecting like uh, real mature music? No, I'm expecting teenage music. I mean, they grew up, man. No, not really. They're in their fucking forties. Um, no, state champs. They put on. They had a really good show. I'm act. They actually just announced a tour with Blink 182. Oh, nice. Yeah, they. It's like a very short, like Midwest tour. Mm. And yeah, that shit's gonna sell out. Yeah, like it's the Blink 182 yeah. or two guys Alkaline that used to be Blink called. Okay. Yeah. No, it's 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 formerly known as Blink. So yeah. I I saw him uh, with. Uh, Matt Skiba, they're fucking good, man. I seen Blink way back. What Thomas? Nineteen ninety nine. Warp Tour. It's the best time to see him. Yeah, that's when I saw them. It was all right. Uh, Mark Tom, I was there to see Travis Pennywise. Shit. No, I just hope Travis is okay. Like he has like that medical injury. Travis Barker? Yeah, really. I, I didn't hear anything that. about that. Yeah, he uh, got injured, so they actually had to cancel a couple of their shows. Hmm. But uh, apparently, he's good enough. Like the reason why they're doing this show is because they have a. Um, I think they have a there there is a thing going on in September like they are they're like one of the headliners I think it's Lollapalooza it's in Chicago mm-hmm. I could be wrong after state champs um let's see I saw four year strong which always amazing live um actually got overrated 
That's just me. Wild accusation. It is a wild accusation. See him live. No, that was my love of time seeing him live. Never gets old. That's cool. I wish uh, I, I wish there was a band that I love that much that I would see like that would drive me to see them that many times. Um, four of them were Warp Tour. Not fair so. enough. Fair enough. I mean, the first there was a band I loved as much to see seven times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who'd you end your day with? What was your what was your real friends of the evening? Real, real friends. friends. What does that band sound like? Pop punk. I just it, it's just pop punk. Yeah. Okay. I mean, um, it was the, actually the only show I was part of that um, actually had like a mosh pit going because apparently I didn't see any hardcore shit. Mm. But no, um, there was a couple. Yeah, I know. But I didn't see anything hard enough where I got part of a mosh pit. Mm. Oh. Like, I didn't expect it from real friends. Right. Hmm. Also, I hate crowd surfers. <laughs> really. Kicked in the head. Uh, uh, real friends, I was. Like, yeah. like it wasn't my, was my head. I got burnt on my shoulders, and I hit, they hit, like, my part of my shoulder. Yeah. Uh, anyone listening, I guess I said, if you're going to the tour, I will have to say, like, I don't think they actually had a water refill station set up. I didn't really? see anything. I didn't see anything. I looked That's for a it. I kept getting pointed to different areas where it would be. And when I went there, there was a giant water uh, thing behind a fence. And there was a guy standing underneath the umbrella that said hydration station. But he was like, oh, no, man, I just took this umbrella. I was like, what the fuck? You just took the <laughs> umbrella. So uh, bring a water bottle. Uh, water bottle is like eight bucks. Four dollars. Uh, four? Oh, four, four for water the, bottles, uh, four dollars. The single one they were selling walking around. Okay. Yeah, yeah they had the larger ones for uh, eight at the stand. That is crazy. That means nothing has changed in 20 years since I last went to Warp Tour. Because the last time I went to Warp Tour, same thing. I couldn't get water. I ended up hanging out with this lady that was selling waters for like f- six bucks a bottle. Mm. And we were watching Ice Tea and Body Count. Nice. And we were talking about Ice T and doing uh, that show that he does, SUV or SVU or whatever. Yeah. And she was like, "Here, you seem like a nice young man." She started giving me water. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I did have a good time. Uh, it's it's sad to see Warp Tour go. Um, I don't see a reason for it anymore. Like it's so hard to get all these bands committed for to like a three month long yeah tour and you right alluded now. to that in our preview like they are doing other things at the same time mm-hmm. they could be leaving the country to do another show uh, yeah, that absolutely. they're like headlining yeah that they have to like they're obligated to go do so uh i'm as much as i'm sad to, i guess i'm sad to see warp tour go i'm kind of excited because i think that means next summer you're gonna you should see at least one or two smaller festivals try to fill that void so hopefully uh we get some some good ones for the next year but I guess we'll see them. No, I'm looking forward to it. All right. Only other real uh, topic we have uh, for the intro of the show is a few weeks ago, Forbes uh, released their 50 most valuable sports teams in the world. So uh, 29 of the 32 NFL NFL teams were represented on the list. Would either of you like to take a guess where the Lions ranked on this list? Say that again. So it was... um, 29... Of 29, 32, of 32 NFL, teams NFL teams were featured DFL. on this list. DFL, then at 29. And then, now this is this is just sports? Like just pure sports. Pure sports. So let, it doesn't have to be just me, football I'll, on the list. Absolutely. But you're saying football teams on the list. Absolutely. Okay. So uh, let me, I guess I'll give you a little uh, leeway to it, right? Number one overall, the Dallas Cowboys. All Number right. one through all of sports? For all of sports. Okay. That team is worth $4.8 billion. The Dallas Cowboys. Numbers two, compared to Steve three, Jesus. numbers two, three, and four: Manchester United, uh, Barcelona, and Real Madrid. Hmm. Now, 
going along with that, there were only seven football teams on the list. That's a nod to our European listeners. Uh, but there were 29 NFL teams. Big money. Where do you think the Lions ranked on that list? 29. 29th overall? Yeah, why not? I mean, they got to they got to be in the bottom. I mean, I mean, that they made the playoffs what? Twice? Twice in the last 20 years. Okay. Unfortunately, your Detroit Lions were one of the three teams not featured. Not on even Forbes on the list. list at all. So Forbes list the three teams that were missing. Uh oh boy. the third team, I guess the third team down were the Cincinnati Bengals. Your second team down were your Detroit Lions listed for 1.7 billion and just barely above them was the Buffalo Bills worth 1.6 billion. Jeez. The only three NFL teams to not make Forbes list. Is this surprising? Nope. Why? You're talking about the three most unsuccessful teams since 1991. Does that do you think that really has to do with it? It's just a success game? Yeah, to an extent. It yeah, I be. mean, the Bills fans are fucking diehards, but they just ha- like they, Lions fans. They, I, I would argue, but Bills fans are hard, diehard, more diehard than. The I don't Lions. give a shit what you just said. Didn't all three, aren't, aren't all three cities super depressed at one point too? I yeah. know Buffalo and Detroit for sure. I'm just mm-hmm. assuming Cincinnati uh, wasn't going I mean, through Cincinnati any kind of renaissance. Is in fucking yeah. Ohio, so I don't see yeah. why not. I mean, they're just as struggling as much as we are. Yeah. Does that have something to do with it? Uh Dep- to a degree. A I'm. Area. I just all three of these teams are just like I think. I think with with all three of these teams combined, they have not won a playoff game since two, 1991. I like if your team is, is successful, you'll have you'll get more revenue. Hmm. I mean, I, I did actually look at the list, mm-hmm. and somehow the Knicks are seven. I believe really New York, the New man. York Knicks. Yeah, wow. it's New York. But how much yeah, of a shit show there? It's, I mean, it's because you're in New York. But they have the uh, international superstar in the league right now. Oh yeah, Kristop, Kristaps. What did he pass Dirk? No one passes Dirk. Uh, dude, is that the Greek freak? Dirk's 41. No, that's, uh, he's in Giannis, Milwaukee. Yana, oh, Giannis okay. Anacatumpo. He's out there in Milwaukee. Uh, don't worry, uh, don't worry. He'll be in uh, Lakers. Kristaps Porzingis is a 7-1 Dirk Nowitzki who plays better defense. This is our New York Nick? Yeah. Okay. He's a Knickerbocker. Uh, 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 he won't be in the next month. So Spike longer. Lee's down he there hanging out with him. Oh, absolutely. Nice. And he, he looks hilarious standing next to Kristaps, I'm sure. <laughs> so right now the Lakers are nine. Yeah. Uh, how... So when they do this list a year from now, where will they be? Yeah, I'm kind of curious because the LeBron effect. Oh, the LeBron effect's gonna bump them up at least. Got to be two spots. Well, what is nine? What is nine register at? I, I literally just closed. Three point seven, three point eight. I literally just closed. Yeah, it. uh, it's hard to say because if if nine is two million. So away the from difference them. between not making the list and being at the top of the list is three billion dollars. Absolutely. Wow. Okay, so the Lakers are actually tied with the 49ers. With three billion dollars, that's how much they're worth. So it would be the Giants, the New York Giants of the NFL are worth three point one zero billion dollars. So it is. It's New York. Yeah. Where are the Jets? I bet you the Jets are in the top fifteen. I mean, twelve. They're twelve. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 all the markets you expect. It's all the NFL East. No respect for Detroit ever. Well, if you really want to have your feelings hurt, do you know what team is fiftieth overall on the list? Mm, Fucking. You just say it. Just do it to me. Doesn't, the the uh, Believeland Browns God, I knew at one point nine five billion. America's sweetheart. That's all I'm going to hear about all season long. Okay. Is the f- this is the My year of the different. Cleveland Browns 
like everybody's gonna like ESPN will be Tim Tebow and these guys. Like seriously, it's gonna be all about Cleveland Browns all year. No, oh, Cleveland Browns are gonna come back kids over the century and blah blah blah. I, oh God. Uh, so what is your say? Because I I got this through Deadline Deadline Detroit, and I clicked through to the list, but it was just. You know, basic notes. I'm actually going to look up a different source because this is from Wikipedia. Oh, yeah. We need the... T- Boy, have you the- lost your mind because I'll help you find it. The actual force. And, and while you're looking that up, I guess we'll just end it with this. How the fuck are the Detroit Lions with these two franchises? I Only for the standpoint of if you put those two teams together or those three teams together, we probably have the top five best players between all three of those teams. Yeah, and we'll beat them hands down. And I like Andy we, Dalton. We lost to the He's Bengals fine. last year. We lose to everybody was, every I, year. That game made me so mad. <laughs> we lose I'm just to saying, everyone. you're saying we could beat them. We lost yeah. to That them. was the angriest I've been at a Lions game in a long time. I, I, I think everyone was pissed off that game. Yucking it up, you hoser. Listening to that on the channel. Take off with yourself, eh? Think you can be funny like them maroons? Get outside and milk the moose. Listening to the Under Channel. They ain't no McKenzie brothers. I tell you what, that's entertainment, don't you know? All right, we're gonna try something a little different. I asked the guys to grab uh, a shorter comedy bit for us to listen to and uh, kind of go through. So we'll see how this goes. I selected my favorite comedian of all time, Doug Stanhope. This is from his, I think this, this special is from 2016, uh, Beer Hall Push. If you've not seen it, it is phenomenal. I think it's Stanhope's best, which is probably damning to a lot of people, but I think it's such a complete hour's worth of material. It's, it's fantastic. So How long is, has he been kicking ass for? Stanhope's early 90s. Okay. He won okay. like the San Diego Comic Con. He won like San Diego Comic Competition over Dane Cook in like 1993 or 94. Mm. So, all right. So this is uh, him talking about fun runs or people who do uh you know where they collect money for every mile they would run okay <laughs> whatever your cause your charity or your drive your effort audit it make sure because so much of it is symbolism over substance where people think they're helping by doing nothing audit all the time and effort and see if you're actually affecting change rather than just Oh, we're going to have a 10K fun run for the cure. Come on down on Sunday. It's a 10K fun run for the cure. Why? Why? We're gonna when has running run ever weekend. cured anything? I don't understand the cause and effect on this. Is, is that how Jonas Salt cured polio? Is by speed walking around the track down at St. Mary's High School with a wife beater on and a paper number safety pin to his back? Oh, we're doing it for the cure. How are you curing anything? Well, what I do is I get sponsors. And every time I go around the track another time, my sponsor gives me another quarter for the cure so i gotta go as many times as i are your friends that sick and sadomasochistic that they wouldn't just cut you a check outright for the cure they i mean he's not do wrong weird yeah. shit first larry you know my daughter was born with cerebral palsy and we're trying to get a big fundraiser going really yeah <laughs> How many hard-boiled eggs will you eat? (laughs) Come on. on. That's the way you do it. Love your kid, right? Come on. (laughs) No, they would cut you a check outright, but you're that much of a fucking megalomaniac that you have to make the cure about you. You need spotlight in this. You could just get a check, but no one's going to fucking be 
Oh, no, you know, the truth is I do this same speed walk at St. Mary's every morning at 6.30 before work with my Labrador, Sheba, trying to shed a few pounds, you know, but no one claps for me then and calls me heroic, so I'm going to do it on Sunday afternoon for the cure, and everyone's going to go, go, Ray, go! Yeah, you could do it, but you want to fucking... It's a 10K fun run about you, you fucking megalomaniac. I'm really excited we're you know playing you're not this, because I think I've referenced this on... Oh, yeah, we've... Most podcasts. That's the reason I have to drink fucking black coffee here all the time. We're getting donations and we're petitioning City Hall for a spot in the park to make a big granite slab for the victims and the sufferers and the survivors of the thing. And then we're going to painstakingly etch each name of the people into the stone at great expense for what? It's a fucking chunk of rock. It doesn't help. Put that time and effort and money into actually something that's calculated that actually helps we're gonna knit a SARS quilt it's gonna take all summer long because there's people with SARS and they're chilly with SARS and they're chilly. What? we're gonna have a, a prayer circle we're gonna have a candlelight vigil at midnight could you do less <laughs> mathematically ask your accountant if there's any way you could do any less than that well, we are raising awareness. Raising awareness is another form of doing nothing. Only now, you're making me aware that the nothing that I've been doing is not up to par with the nothing that you're doing for such a noble cause. Why don't you do my nothing for your cause? We'll watch Storage Wars for the Cure. We'll both be happy in our impotence. And we'll find out what's in that safe. We all win. Raising awareness is me standing next to a drainage ditch where a guy just hit a goat with his moped on the highway. And now they're in the ditch, laying in the muck with compound fractures, and the dude's got a bone sticking through his leg, and the fucking goat's got a bone sticking through his fur. They're both laying there in agony. And I'm raising awareness by standing above them, <laughs> shouting down an empty highway, Look! <laughs> look! Ew! Ew, look! Ew! And they're going, no, help! They're going, no, no, no. Look! It's way easier to just look! <laughs> Oh, that's good. That reminds me of um, some Bill Burr I was watching. Mm. And it, it, just like he was talking about the raising awareness and how like that doesn't fucking mean anything. And he's trying to d- describe like the, the difference between um, like how people are like, oh, he's a first responder. Fuck you. I'm the first responder. I called you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Taking my glory. <laughs> anyone who heard that and wasn't doesn't immediately want to go out and listen to everything Stanhope does, uh, if you were by any way put off by what you just listened to just please just turn off the show because <laughs> like there's not a more honest piece of stand-up i've seen in a really really long time i love that piece do you under what what'd you say the under channel craps what'd you say these damn whippersnappers they don't know what the hell is the what are you even saying? Have you seen my hearing aids? Get on the computer. What the hell the you? Channel. The computer. I don't know what the hell you. 
As much time as I've spent scouring the internet for music, I still from time to time discover things that really surprise me. Uh, today's guest is one of those types. Sean Decker has built himself a screamo stronghold in Lafayette, Indiana. His label, Middleman Records, has spent a decade churning out a mountain of emotional chaos in a variety of formats. Uh, Sean, thank you for being on the show today. Oh, of course, of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, I'll just go ahead and point out that my uh, pronouns are they, them. So. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Let me just, make sure I make a note of that. Yeah, no, just uh, putting that out there. Yeah, Definitely. All right, well, can Appreciate you please it. give us, yeah, of course. Can you please give us a brief introduction uh, or uh, to the history of Middleman Records? Well, um, I had done a demo cassette for uh, my own band in high school, and um, this this is a pretty long time ago, and, you know, information about this kind of thing wasn't just, like, available. Uh, so some friends of mine asked if, I would help them put their demo out. Mm -hmm. And, uh, like, I think, I, yeah, I use, like, National Audio Company. And, uh, so I, I made a joke that they wanted me to be the middleman for that. And that's how I named the label. That's how I decided, okay, I can do that. I could help people make, you know, their music into physical things yeah but, um, what was that first release uh it was a band called um no more and they're actually still a band oh that's this awesome was their first thing uh the band called no more and the demo was called just the beginning and i actually was i ended up like doing a lot of vocals on that uh project as well i was like a uh, uh, like a hype man backup vocalist it was it was funny it's pretty pretty it was a fun project yeah that's awesome uh, wh what has drawn you to a uh, hardcore and screamo over the years um well i guess i just kind of came up with it like um came up with it as in like i i grew up as it grew up mm-hmm um, when I was in high school, the band I was talking about before played played shows with like S. Duke in Tampa, and uh, bands you know started bands in Florida. You know started mm -hmm. started uh, incorporating like rougher vocals mm -hmm. into their uh, songs, and then I wound up up north. And um, I worked with some people who were in the band Usurp Synapse, and that was when they were first starting. And as soon as I started hearing this kind of stuff coming up, um, just started playing shows with bands like that uh, back in the late 90s. Oh, okay. um, so really kind of just like came up with it. Yeah, you know? definitely. Late 90s, I mean, that's like the birthplace of it. You know, a lot of people, I guess, uh, Screamo, I would say, hit the mainstream maybe early 2000s when it was more ex uh, accessible. But late 90s, you were still in like those formative years of it. So, Yeah, yeah. That's when it really became what it was. I mean, there's certainly like, you know, predecessors to the sound oh, and absolutely. everything. But, yeah. but that's when it really like became 
you know, what, what it was and what, what we were to know as Screamo, um, before the, you know, term became like sort of co-opted for bands like Under Oath or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think more, more now, if you say Screamo, like more people know you're talking about bands like Reversal Manor or You and I or something like that. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's, uh, filtered out a lot of the, uh, the excess that the genre used to have, you know, everything has gone so niche that some bands that may have been considered screamo, you know, they, now they have their own genres they would be considered. So it's kind of cleaned up the uh, quality of it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, so Lots your terms that yeah. you're hearing on a, on a daily basis. Definitely. So middleman's been extremely prolific, uh, between the stuff you play on and what you've done for other bands. I counted like 109 releases. Um, are you mindful to keep a balance between your own personal projects and the releases you do for other bands? Uh, not really. Um, I was, I was thinking, you know, maybe there was a smarter way to answer that, but I, I don't, I never really, um, I never really sat down and planned like, to do this for as long as I have. I never sat down and planned like where I wanted like the label to go or, or anything like that. I just, I keep making friends doing this and I keep helping people turn their records into physical manifestations of their records. Um, and sometimes like, there's bumps and and uh, things that happen along the way where I'm kind of like, do I want to keep doing this? <laughs> and then somebody else needs help, and I just I I just am not good at saying no when uh, people people that I'm friends with need help. So it's kind of to to answer the question, you know, no, I I just don't I keep making music and I keep making friends. So yeah, I, not able to really like, I don't sit down and plan like 50, 50, 30, 70, you know, or however those things might uh, be planned out. I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Just, I mean, it's just uh, as a label, your, your goal should just be to put out as much good music as possible. So, I mean, if you find other bands and they, maybe it's five or six releases in a row and it's all good stuff, you'd rather just put out the quality than, you know, to try to maintain some balance. So, yeah, I mean, just, it's just, just like this week alone, you know, like, or this last couple of weeks, like so much really good stuff has come out and, stuff that I've become aware of like if I was asked to do any of this stuff you know I I would have jumped on it mm. it's like you sometimes it's just like feast or famine you know yeah yeah definitely and especially when you get like depressing plants involved it can really seem like that because you can have these plans like if you're like I'm gonna release something every month or whatever and then there's all these complications like artwork yeah. and pressing plants involved. You can have releases planned one per month for four months. 
something will happen or some things will happen. And the next thing you know, three out of those four happen in the same month. Mm. And so I don't know. Yeah, I you're kind of at the will. You know, you're at the will of, uh, you know, because you're not, you don't have your own pressing. You don't have your, you know, your own way of producing a lot of the uh, the pieces. So you're kind of at the will yeah. of some other companies. So um, exactly. Do you own copies of everything you've put out? I think um, I know I do, except for I think I accidentally sold my personal copy of the Totem Skin Repress that I did. Oh, okay. So I think that might be the one that got away. <laughs> but I'm not sure um, because sometimes these records just turn up. Like, I try to have, I take the whole distro on tour with me. Mm. Um, not every copy of every record, but, you know, some copies of every record I have in the distro. Yeah. On Comoregalia tours. And I keep it in alphabetical order pretty well because when I get home I need to do inventory yeah. so but every once in a while you know I just find something that somebody just put back in the wrong box or whatever so um so that that record might be in there somewhere yeah, but nice. I'm not sure <laughs> yeah well hopefully you come across one so <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, so I asked you to pick a song uh, that kind of gives an introduction to what the label does. Um, and you selected Hundreds of Owl, uh, the song being Deflection Arts. Uh, why did you pick this song? Uh, and why don't you tell us a little bit about it before we play it? I picked that song because um, Tom Schlatter is um, in Hundreds of Owl. And... Tom and I have been friends since the late 90s. Um, Tom was in the band. You and I and the assistant, you and I particularly had just such an incredible impact on me. Um, and I've known Tom all this time. I picked that song kind of because it's, it's, it came from where this all came from, but it's also headed where it's going. If okay. That makes awesome. Sense. Yeah, it's kind of a good barometer of where the label's at right now. And could sum a lot of it yeah. at the same time. Awesome. Well, let's there's, go ahead there's and. There's uh, history, and then there's, you know, then there's the future as well. Perfect. Let's go ahead Thanks. and listen to yeah. uh, Deflection of Arts right now.
All right, so let's talk a little bit about your band, Coma Regalia. Uh, what was the inspiration behind the name? Well, I had um, I had been in a band called A Camille in the early 2000s. And uh, towards the end of A Camille, I started... I mean, I realized later that I had always suffered from, like... Uh, panic disorder and like agoraphobia mm. to an extent. Um, but towards the end of A Camellia, it, it really got to be overbearing. Uh, so much so that I didn't, I didn't even play really, um, in bands like, uh, I, I did make a record with some friends in, in the middle there in about 2008, but like, I didn't play in bands, like, I didn't play out for, like, six years. I just felt like I couldn't, mm. like, just physically that I couldn't go and do it. Um, driving on the interstate was, like, it felt impossible. Um, and when when my friend and I started Coma Regalia, I... I just thought that this band had to be it. It had to be the thing that made it to where I could do those things mm. that I'd been missing. And so, um, it comes from this idea, you know, that I'd been just like put under that. I've just been, um, defeated in, in, in some way or rendered, you know, immobile. And, um, and the regalia part would be, you know, what what I would have to show for uh, for this struggle against, you, you know, my own. Um, I don't know <laughs> your struggles, the, your own the, your own kind of yeah, struggles. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fantastic. Be, I love to hear that the uh, the name has some depth to it. You know, on top of just sounding like. Uh, you know, a really badass post-hardcore uh, kind of screamo band name. It's it's nice to know that there's a there's a little more behind it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so, when did the band initially form? Um, in 2010, okay. we we formed. Um, my friend uh, Mark Pritchard and I uh, started the band, and uh, uh, the idea was that I would play drums until. We got a drummer, and uh, I continued to play drums for about eight years. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, finally, I, I guess I'm not playing drums yeah. anymore. Yeah, well, uh, it's going along with that, uh, other than you, who else has been involved with the band over the years? Uh, there's been there's been um, two other guitar players. Um, uh, no, no one's. Like, no one has uh, been really involved in the songwriting since Mark. Mm. Mark um, Mark co-wrote a couple of the first songs, um, but just, like, distance and everything, it's just been, um, no, like, no one's been super involved. The second guitar player was my friend Chris Zabudis. Uh, um, Chris has like a big family now mm. and there's a firefighter oh okay uh 
Yeah, it's very cool. But um, now I've just uh, I've just resolved to having like uh, more of a ro- rotating cast of friends yeah. uh, come and play, and uh, I kind of have like two modes, I guess, to the band, which is like a like a longer touring mode with my friend uh, Jason Wolpert playing drums. And on um, the last tour, my friend Mitchie Shu from the band uh, um, Truman and Gift from God played bass. Um, and then the other mode of the band is like the shorter, like more local stuff. Uh, my friend Dylan Hall from um, the uh, band um, The Lord's Winning Team plays drums. Uh, he used to be in Gas Up Your Hearse also. Mm. But, uh, and, uh, and just like, whoever we can get uh, to play bass. Uh, Tom from Hundreds of Hours is actually playing bass on our next tour. Oh, okay. So that's going to be fun. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. It's exciting to know, like, you know, uh, anytime somebody sees uh, the band, you know, when they're out on tour, uh, you get a little bit of a different show because you might have some, you know, other musicians filling in in some spots, so. Yeah, I think it, I think it, it keeps things really um, interesting. Yeah. Well, aside from Coma Regalia, uh, you produce music under a number of other band names. Uh, when you sit down to write songs, uh, do you have a certain project in mind, or do you kind of let the music dictate which band is the best fit? Uh, well, there's kind of there's like two two ways that I write songs, I guess. So, like one way, I there is no planning. Like I just we'll go to like record some, some demo guitars or something Mm. and I'll just let whatever comes out, come out and I'll just like squirrel that away and think about that later. But there, then there is like definitely, um, a, a way where I specifically sit down with that particular project in mind and, uh, try to uh, focus on on what I think that sounds like, and uh, and make make that that kind of thing happen specifically. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there's 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 a focus and and uh, and a, a frame of reference in mind when that happens. Awesome. Well, uh, Coma Regalia, uh, you'll be heading out on a short tour uh, starting on August 3rd, uh, actually with the aforementioned uh, Hundreds of Owl. Um, why don't yeah. you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, I think we're, we're playing five shows. Um, we're playing uh, New Friends Fest in, uh, in Toronto. Okay. Um, some, some friends of ours... Um, putting on this fest, uh, Vanessa, who I had a project with called Never Better with Tom, actually. Mm. Um, and, uh, Vanessa's in Digest now. And, um, some people from the band Respire are also, um, their, uh, their production thing is called, uh, New Friends DIY. And, uh, they're doing like lots of cool things in Toronto. So okay. people should definitely check that out. 
Yeah, it's really um, cool. And, and I'll make sure I put the uh, the notes for the tour, uh, you know, in the actual show notes. I'm kind of excited. You're playing uh, Royal Oak, Michigan, uh, on one of the stops yeah. of the tour, and that's like uh, like a mile and a half from my house. I live in Clawson, so I'm like uh, I'm like almost walking distance from downtown Royal Oak. So I'm definitely gonna try to make it out to that show. So. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah. Um, Eric Scobie, uh, we 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 played Royal Oaks before, and it was just like I don't know what to expect, but it was really awesome. Yeah, I'm so excited. I look forward I to being back there. Don't think I've ever seen uh, a show at the venue you guys are playing, so I'm um, I'm pretty excited for that. I've actually got a list right here. You guys are playing at something called Genesis. Uh, in Royal Oak, and I'm not sure if it's a coffee house or if it's a if it's a traditional venue, but I'm really excited for it. So. I don't have any idea. Right. Uh, awesome. Well, I um, I, I'm really bad when it comes to when it comes to like, I'll book I'll book the tour. I'll have the everything. I have the itinerary. I'll have everything 100. percent I'll be locked into that. But then when it comes to being on the road, <laughs> like I'm just I'm just like going. I don't have things memorized. No, you know, just go through the motions. Going back to that. Get through it. Going back to that itinerary, you know, getting the addresses, and uh, which is this, um, the total opposite uh, of how it used to be before, um, when we would have to have like all the directions like written out and, yeah, and whatnot. Sure. Yeah, so, so like, yeah. I don't know. I feel like it. Keep, it it's a. It's one. One more things not to be stressed about yeah definitely so that's well, good yeah i asked you to uh pick a coma regalia song uh for us to let everyone hear uh you picked the song shatter uh why'd you pick uh-huh. that song um it's it's um it feels like the culmination of a lot of things um in in the um the overarching um narrative that's been going on um through through the lps um and uh it's the it's the last song that we've been playing at our shows um awesome let's go ahead and give that a listen right now
Screamo in particular has found longevity in a number of close, uh, close knit communities across both the U.S. as well as the world. Uh, why do you think there's such a uh, wide appeal to the music? Um, I think I think it's it can be very cathartic to people. Um, it certainly is for me. Um, and I think that you know, there's just there's something very there's something very that feels very personal about it. Um, and especially, like you said, like it is smaller. And it is close knit, and so, you know, it's not, um, it's not long before, like, uh, people that like your band just become friends of your band, mm. and I think that's, you know, why um, the people that are around now that I knew coming up are still around because. You know, there's really not, like, I feel like there's not a lot of, uh, types of, types of music that, that, um, hold, like, can just have that kind of hold on you. Yeah, and, um I, I agree with you completely when you're talking about, uh, you know, Screamo having such a, um, a personal edge to it, you know, like there's... Uh, it's it's more it's a lot more grounded than even what you might see in some you know post hardcore or different things like that. It just feels a lot more uh, uh, not to say introverted, but it seems a lot more personal than than the others. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what's the furthest away from uh, Lafayette, Indiana? You've seen a middleman release end up? Uh, <clears throat> I don't. <laughs> um, I mean, I I've. I've shipped records just about everywhere that I can think, um, like when I think what's the furthest, you know? Yeah. Um, cause we have splits with bands in Australia. Mm. Um, and we've had labels in, uh, in, in Russia. Um, our, our stuff is fairly well distroed in Japan. Um, as well as like, um, Malaysia, other parts of, you know, um, so, uh, I don't, I don't really know. Yeah. Like, uh, I feel like they're, they're just kind of out there and it's, it's pretty wild when I think about that because I'm just like a lot of times, like I'm just, I'm recording, I'm recording music in the basement and I'm packaging these records in the basement and my children are running around doing what they do like right there <laughs> while I'm doing this. And it's, it's funny for me to, you know, to think like they don't, they, they'll sit there and they'll, they want to put the inserts in the jackets or whatever. Mm. And this is like very cool. But then like, they ask like, who, what's this for? And <laughs> you, you know, yeah. they don't, you tell them this is going to Australia or wherever it's going, it's like blows blows their minds, and it's really uh, it's really humbling, like to have that innocent reflection of what's happening um, with with these with these records, because you know, like 
people in Australia don't have to give a crap about your your uh, stupid screamo band, but they do. So it's kind yeah. of when when that awe comes from them, and it you know it refills like your awe of of the situation as well. It's kind of <laughs> pretty pretty humbling. Yeah, uh, I guess quick question about that. Um, do your do your sons like your music? I mean, have you is there certain stuff they like by you, or uh, I'm not sure. You know, of their ages, obviously, but uh, uh, my oldest, my oldest uh, comes comes um, with with me to some shows, and yeah, he's really into it. Um, I think like one of his favorite bands right now is Closet Witch, mm. who are like really sick, um, uh, and. Um, yeah, he tries to come out as often as he can. Um, I just he just came with me to um, a show. My band Plague Walker played with uh, Majority Rule and Seven Days of Samsara, and he had like just a great time. Um, my 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 middle child um, used to uh, request. Coma Regalia albums to listen to specifically, I guess, when I wasn't here. <laughs> oh, that's and awesome. he he would call it daddy daddy music <laughs> and they would put on Inspirata and uh they would just like jam around the house. Nice. Um the uh the youngest um I don't know, you know, they like to they like to um, watch play drums, and they like to play drums a little bit themselves. Um, but when it comes to guitars, I think feedback and like really, really loud guitars and feedback are kind of a turn off for the time being. Mm. Even though they they do wear ear protection. Oh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Just putting that out there. Yeah. I don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any idea of the origin for the word "scrams"? Uh, and do you think there's a, is there any difference between that and "screamo"? Or are the words just interchangeable? Yeah. Um, so, I first heard the word um, from my friend Arwis Utarid, um from the band Utarid and the label Utarid Tapes mm. in uh, from Malaysia. Um, that's the first time I heard it. Okay. But Come, come to find out that Alex Pigman, who's in the band called uh, Ghost Spirit, um, is the one that claims to have uh, come up with the term and is like indisputably credited <laughs> awesome. with the. Uh, the um, so I don't, I don't remember what Alex, uh, what, what uh, his motivation for the term was, but, um, it's, uh, I think, I think that like, it's a little different, I think, because, um, scrams, like, I think uh, it's hard for me to say that word. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, um, a lot of people associate like, things that aren't as aggressive as Screamo traditionally would be known to be. Um, like, you know, William Bonnie or something, mm. you know, people would call something like that, uh, scrams or just like, 
you know, stuff that's not as aggressive, stuff that's maybe even a little more on on the like um like leaning towards stuff like that's on top shelf or something, mm. you know? Yeah. Stuff the, similar to that. The first time I, I believe I uh ever saw the word uh the band Mover Shaker who is from uh Detroit. Uh they released an EP called the Living Standards EP, um, and it was uh, not really screamo of any kind. It was it was uh, just kind of a traditional Midwestern hardcore, but it was uh, really emo heavy leanings. Uh, not so much screaming as much, uh, you know, clean vocals with some kind of shouting and, and raising, and and that's kind of what yeah. I've always thought of it as. It's more like it's like yeah. it's like emo's version of like screamo, I guess. You know, it's like it's like a, a weird yeah. combination between the two. So. It's like an in-between. Yeah. 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 So any bands you'd like to give a shout-out before we play this next song? Um, I, yeah, sure. Um, people should, uh, def- definitely, um, you know, go, go through the, uh, middleman band camp for, uh, different things. But, uh, the next thing that we've really got coming out, um, is uh the infant island lp and uh this is like um it's i don't know this kind of uh screamo um shoegaze ish uh combination similar to like respire which people um really uh resonated mm, with okay. um, yeah the infant island lp is coming out nice um Pretty soon, people should definitely check that out. Yeah, awesome. Um, I asked you to play a song uh, for us uh, from Middleman Records that you do not play on. Uh, you selected Dre Affin Luvia. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, about that track? Uh, that song is from our split 7-inch with them. Uh, Dre Affin was the best band that I saw play on our European tour. They were so incredible. And I've been... In- brief contact with them before that um but they just were just the sweetest people and they put on such an incredible show and when we came back um they had n- such nice things to say about us and wanted to do a split and that is uh such an incredible song such an incredible band and uh i hope people like it yeah we'll go ahead and spin that right now
aside from the upcoming tour uh, and you just the LP you just mentioned, uh, what are some other uh, plans you have for uh, Middleman Records coming up? Um, I, I've been doing a lot more uh, cassettes um, because I'm just f- finding, you know, that um, it's easier to do like smaller quantities and um, there's not necessarily, you know, some of the, some of the projects, um, are, are, are bands sometimes that, um, will either like not play out very much or, uh, or even like in the case of some bands, you know, um, like I, they're, they're about to break up, you mm-hmm. know, or something like that. Um, like the like the band uh, Rayleigh that I had just released a little while ago. Um, I, a couple of them are moving, so I think that band is... So anyway, um, just a lot more tapes. Just It's more uh, economically viable. Yeah, and, um, oh, absolutely. Do you, do you think it's easier to... Um give tapes kind of a personal touch i know i had seen you uh posted i believe it was like a limited edition of uh of a tape you had put out uh that had like kind of a tin can case and some extra pieces oh uh, yeah is it is it you yeah, think it's easier uh, to kind of customize or personalize uh cassettes as opposed to maybe a cd which you got to be a little more delicate with or uh, even vinyl which uh you know you can't really get bent or there's a lot of things that could uh screw it up well i I feel like we've done, um, I feel like we've, we've kind of done some, some more personal things with, with vinyl, uh, or, or with, uh, CDs as well as cassettes. Um, the, the, the thing about that, um, is I, I would be more open to doing something more personal with just about any release, but that's always kind of up to the band. Mm-hmm. Like, um, even when it's a Comer Regalia release, like, uh, a split release or whatever, um, I kind of just leave it up to the other band because, um, my first priority is that the, the other band or the band, um, is happy. Like, um, I know with Coma Regalia, uh, I'm always going to have the chance at some other point to do whatever kind of like wild hair, um, ideas that I, that I have. Um, so if someone has an idea that they want to, um, put forward, then I'm, I'm all for that. But also if the band just wants, just wants to, have it to where it's kind of just this uniform, like accepted thing and the artwork looks great. And you know, the package is more standard, but it still looks really good. Then I'm all for that too. I mean, um, it just depends on, you know, the project. Um, yeah, I do. I do like to see what I can do. Um, like, um, the, the, um, Ensperata LP was, definitely not a standard um 
um, LP package. If you uh, look that up on Google or whatever, you can see it's it's all hand done and folded all weird. And uh, the uh, ours is the Cosmos Noble double seven inch. I completely assembled by hand and in the basement as well. It's and it's um it's pretty n- not t- uh, typical of a double seven inch yeah, nice I'll, I'll definitely uh, i'll add some links to the to both of those uh, in the show notes so uh, people can check them out uh, oh thank you yeah are there any uh, bands out there you haven't had a chance to work with that you'd still be interested in uh maybe uh, use this as a chance to you know tread some water or, or stick a toe in see if you can uh make it known um well um i i'd i'd really like to uh work with the Zeta. Um, I think that, uh, that'll probably happen pretty soon. Okay. Um, I, I'd like to, uh, work also with, uh, Kadish from, uh, from Scotland. I'm, I'm trying to understand that they have a, uh, new LP that's just about done. Um, there's so many, good bands i don't, yeah. I don't know awesome well yeah <laughs> we're uh, just singling in a couple out but but yeah yeah nice well hopefully uh you get a chance to work with both of those and uh yeah. you know thank you for uh taking a bit of time out for this interview today uh why don't you let people know where you can uh where they can find uh middleman records online um you there's uh, of course the uh the, the facebook page um um there's middlemanrecords.bandcamp.com and uh, the store is middlemanrecords.storeenvy.com um, there's tons of um, downloads on the uh, Bandcamp and uh, like I have um, hun- just hundreds of, uh, of LPs 7 inches and tapes and whatnot from all around the world in the store so awesome people want to check that out yeah that's great and uh anyone who's listening you guys can uh catch sean and coma regalia on tour through the midwest starting on august 3rd uh with hundreds of owl who we played at the beginning of the show uh we're gonna head out and end the interview with one last song um i select i asked you to uh choose a song uh, to end us with, and then just to give us any last words about it, uh, you chose uh, Disposed by the band Youth. Uh, why don't you let us know a little bit about that song? Um, this this band, I've, I think I've pretty much uh, known, known them like since their band started and uh, been playing shows here and there with them um, ever since they started. And they are they've been a great band the whole time and everyone has kind of known that and agreed with that but um when people first heard this lp it just blew them away and it blew me away it's uh probably my favorite record that's come out this year so far and i'm like beyond stoked that i got to help release it Oh, that's fantastic. Well, all right, let's go ahead and listen to uh, Disposed by Youth. And I just want to say one last time, thank you, Sean, uh, for agreeing to be a part of the interview. Uh, And anyone who's listening, please go out and check out Middleman Records anywhere you can find them online. Thank you.
Hi, how are you doing tonight? Yeah, I'm having trouble on the website uh, trying to order uh, a to-go um, item. You were having trouble with what? Doing an online order. Oh, okay. Um, I, I go to the website, but it, it constantly sends me... It's taking me to the underchannel.com. Is there anything that you know about that? Um, is, are you guys having problems no, with the website? Let me, let me ask one of the men Okay. Can I can I do an order over the phone instead of going to the underchannel.com? Yeah, go ahead and call that number that they provide for you, and then don't, you can ask them why the website's not working. Okay, so then I don't have to worry about going to the underchannel.com if I don't want to. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate your help tonight. Um, you might as well check out the website and see if you can go on the underchannel.com yourself as well. It's worth a try. All righty. Thank you. You have a good night.